I'm just going to read one verse of Scripture today, and I'm going to endeavor to not be very long. Read Luke 24, 32 in the New Living Translation. Before I do, so thankful for Anthony is home and Cameron is here leading in worship. Why don't we give them a hand? And Anna, always my faithful companion that makes up for my sounding bad with her her lovely voice. But we're so thankful Anthony and Cameron are here this weekend. Luke 24, 32. New Living Translation. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? I'm going to preach just for a little bit the power of a personal encounter. The power of a personal encounter. God bless you. You may be seated. There is quite a difference between hearing about something or even seeing something and experiencing it for yourself. I have people that people do this periodically, and I'm sure you do too. They will tell you about some great experience they had, or they will tell you about some great food. Uh, not too long ago, all the rage was crumble cookie. It's like, man, you've got to try a crumble cookie. This is the greatest thing ever. Anybody, anybody ever had a crumble cookie? I, I, I'd been hearing about it, and I was uh, in San Antonio in September at a retreat, and they brought some crumble cookies to our gathering, and I was like, man, these are going to be the best cookies ever in the history of cookies. And then I tried one. I was like, eh, that's okay. And then I tried the Fruity Pebbles, and I was like, eh, that is not okay. <laughs> you may like the Fruity Pebble crumble cookie. I don't know. But, but people had built it up and told me all kind of great things about it, and it's going to change your life. Much like I tell people, if you've never been to Chewy's and had the creamy jalapeno ranch, it will change your life. If you haven't experienced that, you need to experience that. You can take my word for it, but it's better in person. But people will do that, and they will tell you about this awesome place or this awesome food or some great thing that's going on. And then people also have this habit, at least people I know, they'll taste something and go, man, this thing, this is awful. Here, try some. Anybody ever had that? They want you to taste this really nasty stuff. Why would I want to do that? I will take your word for it on the bad side. I may not take your word for it on the good side, but the bad side, I'm going to take your word for it. I was teaching Sunday school to 8th, ninth, and 10th grade boys. It was probably 1997, and these boys, their, their parents, for the most part, had gotten in church uh, sometime after their teen years. Their parents were in their 20s, maybe, when they, when they got in church, and some older, some of their parents were in their 30s or 40s even when they got in church. And they would tell me stories about their parents and what their parents did and, and various experiences their family had with drugs or alcohol. And I, I told them, I was like, well, see, your parents had all of these experiences and 
they decided that that was not a good thing, so they left that, and they are now following Jesus. And I would tell them, I was like, there's no need for you to go and try this because they've already tried it and they're telling you it's not any good. It's not going to lead you down a path you want to go. But almost without exception, this class of 10 to 14 boys, depending on the Sunday, had this idea that they needed to try it for themselves. That They had heard about what people were doing and they had heard about what their parents did and they wanted to try it. And to their detriment, they went out and experienced for themselves a lifestyle that was far from God. There is something in us that we want to experience what we hear about. We want to experience things that people have told us about. And and the reality is this, that there's nothing wrong with that because experiencing it is the greatest teacher that you can hear about something, but you don't know what the crumble cookie really takes, tastes like until you try it for yourself. You, you can hear about the creamy jalapeno ranch at Chewy's, and I can tell you how great it is, but you don't really know unless you try it for yourself. Or, or on the negative, you can hear about how bad something is, and people go, I want to make sure that it's really bad. You're not holding out on me. You're not, you're not trying to keep something from me. What I would tell you is this, it, the same thing holds true for an encounter with Jesus. There is nothing like an encounter with Jesus. That you can hear about what He's like and you can hear about what He's done for others, but something changes when you encounter Him and you experience Him for yourself. Easter Sunday represents the hope of the resurrection. It is not only the resurrection of Jesus that gives that we have hope and and belief in, but it is our own resurrection that there is coming a day when we too can be resurrected. But Jesus, He did more than just be resurrected. In fact, He came and lived a perfect sinless life. The life that you and I cannot live. The life that you and I could not live apart from His power and apart from His presence. He lived a sinless life perfect life. He was God revealed in flesh and he lived this life and he died. He was crucified for your sin and mine. The theological term for that is this, he was the substitutionary atonement. He was the substitute. He took our place that you and I deserve death, but Jesus took our place on the cross and he was crucified and died so that you and I could have life. He was buried Just before sundown, just before 6 p.m., that ushered in the Passover Sabbath. Three days later, though he came out of the ground, three days later he came out of the grave and he was resurrected just like he said. He said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. I will come out of this grave He is not just a crucified Savior today, but He is a risen Savior today. He is not still in the tomb. He's not still on the cross, but He is a risen Savior. And what that means for you and I is that because He rose again, you and I can rise again. Jesus not only saves us, He gives us new life. And Easter not only is a declaration of His resurrection, but it is also a declaration of new life that you and I can have. 
We can do that, though, only when we encounter His presence, only when we encounter and are filled by His Spirit, only then can we have assurance that there is a resurrection for you and I. Some of you may be in this room, like, yeah, I've heard about this resurrection thing. With the revival of comics in the modern era and movies and there's a lot of science fiction everywhere you look, it's easy for people to go, man, that resurrection thing, that's just a made-up story. How can we be sure that Jesus really rose from the grave? I believe that He's crucified. I believe that He was buried, but how do we know the resurrection is true? And What I would tell you is there are a number of ways that you and I can know that the resurrection of Jesus is true. One of those is this, the Scriptures tell us it is true. The Bible tells us that Jesus would be crucified and He would be buried and He would raise again. But not only does it tell us in a prophetic sense of that which was to come, but it tells us in a history sense of that which happened after He was resurrected, that the Scriptures point out that Jesus rose from the grave. That if you believe the Bible, you have to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you believe the Bible, then you can have no other option but to say that He must have rose again. That just like He said, He would rise again. And if the Scriptures are not enough, there is the witness of the empty tomb. Guards placed at the tomb of Jesus. They were afraid, they said, that His followers would come and take the body from the tomb and His followers would then claim that He had risen from the dead. See, they understood what Jesus said. The Jewish leaders of His day knew that when He said He was going to destroy this temple in three days, He would raise it up. They understood what He was talking about. Otherwise, it doesn't really matter if you steal the body out of the tomb. But when He said He's coming out of the tomb and then His body's missing, well then... That's a whole different story. So they posted guards to keep people from being able to steal the tomb and you may or the body out of the tomb. And you may not be familiar with the story, but angels came and the guards were terrified and Jesus came out of the tomb. So on that first day of the week, when they came to anoint the body, he was not there for he had risen. And I would tell you that the empty tomb speaks of his resurrection. It was impossible for them. They're not ninjas who can sneak in and take out his body, but it is only because he did what he said he would do that he rose from the dead. There is the witness of his disciples, not only their words, but maybe more importantly, their transformation. Because his disciples, of course, they're going to say he rose from the dead. Of course, they're going to say this is what happened. But understand this, that people don't change They're not changed for a lie, and because of a lie, they're only changed because something is true. They're only changed, and and their life is transformed because Jesus really came out of the tomb. In fact, Paul would write in 1 Corinthians 15, 6, 500 saw him at one time. There was a multitude of people that saw him after his resurrection. They witnessed it, and they testified about the resurrected Christ. But these disciples of Jesus who are terrified, they're hiding after His crucifixion. 
They're afraid of what's going to happen. They're, they're wondering if the Romans or the Jewish leaders are coming after them next. But Acts chapter 5, these same ones who had been terrified and these same ones who had been afraid before, now because they know that Jesus has been resurrected and they've been filled with the power of the Spirit, they are speaking with boldness. And it doesn't matter if you beat them. It doesn't matter if you persecute them. They know that He is alive. And so their transformation speaks to His resurrection and to the truth that He has risen from the dead. Peter specifically denied Jesus three times just like Jesus prophesied that He would. Cursing and bitter and scared denies Jesus. But just some 53 days later, from that moment of his denial, right before Jesus is crucified, some 53 days later, Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost and begins to preach the first message of the church with boldness and in their face and saying, you crucified the Lord of glory. Oh, and they said to him, what, what are we going to do? We crucified the hope of salvation. Peter in his message said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is that transformation that took place because they knew that Jesus had come out of the tomb. Nobody is willing to die for a lie. You only are willing to put your life on the line for something you believe in because you know it is true. And while we can listen to testimonies and we can read the Scripture, we can look at the transformation, the most powerful proof of the resurrected Christ is a personal encounter with Jesus. The verse I read to you is at the conclusion of a passage. It is the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. They were followers of Jesus. They were believing that He was the Messiah that they had been looking for. They were believing that He was the Messiah that all of Israel had been hoping for. and In fact, all of the world would need. They believed that Jesus was that. But then He's arrested and He's put on trial and He's beaten He's put on the cross, he dies, and he's put in the tomb. They're disappointed, they're discouraged, they're confused. The person we thought was the Messiah, he is dead and gone. Jesus approaches them. He's already been resurrected. They don't know that. Jesus approaches them on the road and asks them what's going on, and they sarcastically would say, it's a paraphrase, you must have been in a cave. Are you the only one that doesn't know what has happened? Have you been on a social media fast? Have you not been watching the news? Well, they didn't really say that. They didn't have social media in the first century. Actually, they did. They just passed it on word mouth to mouth. And so Jesus begins interaction with them, and the Bible says something unique. 
about this encounter is that their eyes were prevented from recognizing Him. Now the implication is this, is that God supernaturally kept them from recognizing Him. And the reason for that is this, so that Jesus could explain things in more detail to them and in more depth to them, and that's presumably, but understand this, Jesus is not hiding Himself from us today. While He may have cloaked Himself and he, they weren't able to understand and recognize Him with their eyes at that moment, partly because they're not expecting Him, partly because they believe He's still in that tomb, but He is keeping Himself hidden from them. He's not hiding Himself from us today, but we can miss Him if we're discouraged or we, we don't believe or we say, I don't know that I trust what you've been telling me. We can miss the Lord of glory when He comes into our midst. If we're discouraged, we can be insensitive to His presence. If we're distracted, we can be insensitive to His presence. If we're thinking about what we're going to eat for lunch, we can miss His presence. If we're thinking about how busy our week is going to be, we can miss His presence. If we're thinking about this is just another Easter, just another time of checking in to church, and I need to, I'm ready to get this over with, wish this preacher would be quiet, we can miss His presence. The passage tells us that they had heard about the testimony of the women who went to his tomb and found that he was gone. They had heard a personal testimony, but they did not believe it. It's easy to disbelieve what somebody else tells you. To go back to my earlier illustration, my opening illustration about crumble cookie. To be honest with you, I didn't really go into it expecting it to be all that and then some. Because I know how people are. They'll find something and they just like build it all up. And I've been burned enough. I wasn't expecting it to be all that great. And now maybe you love it. But our preconceptions and our ideas make us discount what people say. If we're not sure that Jesus is resurrected or we're not sure that we can encounter Him, then we will miss Him because we are not looking for Him. The Bible would tell us to those who look for Him shall He appear the second time. And I would tell you that's true for the first time. If you don't look for Him, you will not find Him. But the Scriptures do tell us, seek and you will find, knock and it shall be opened. To you that whenever we're looking for him, we will find him because he is not hiding from us today. Jesus then began to explain the scriptures to them, and he opened the scriptures and told about the prophecies of the suffering Messiah. I referenced it, or Isaiah 53, or maybe that was in Sunday school. I referenced it, Isaiah 53, where Isaiah would write that he's going to be wounded, he's going to be bruised, he's going to have stripes, he's going to suffer. He's going to die, and Jesus opened their understanding and explained to them what it was, what the Scriptures really said. We can miss Jesus when we are confused about what He's doing. I would tell you that it takes a response to the Word of God for us to experience and encounter Him. i got to hurry. They did not yet realize who Jesus was. He's been walking down the road probably walking at a leisurely pace, and they're talking, and he's explaining the Scriptures, and they wanted to hear more, so they said, Jesus, or they didn't say Jesus, they said, whoever this is, I don't even, he obviously didn't tell him his name, they said, stay with us, eat with us, 
We want to hear more about this. So Jesus agreed to stay with him, with them and it's time to eat. He gets the bread and he blesses it and he breaks it. And when he blesses the bread and he breaks the bread, they recognize who he is. Their, their eyes are open. They say, we've seen this before. We've heard this blessing before. We've seen him do this this way before. And they recognized it was Jesus and then he disappears from their midst. They had seen the specific way he had done this. And now they recognize Understand that it is Jesus that has been on the road with them. And here is the crux of the matter. When they recognize it is Jesus, they tell something that happened to them before. They recognize it. It said, did not our hearts burn within us? We're walking down the road and this man is telling us the scriptures and We're walking down the road and he's explaining about the Messiah. And as he's doing that, didn't our hearts burn within us? We knew something was there. We knew something was going on, but we didn't recognize it at that moment. What I would tell you is because their hearts burned within them, they understood and realized that that encounter with Jesus was what is going to change their mind and change their opinion and change their attitude. And what I would tell you today, it is an encounter with Jesus that would cause you to believe no matter what else you hear, no matter what else people say or people do, it is an encounter with Jesus that will let you know that He is alive today. That He is not only alive today, but He's in this room today. And would you give that great God of ours a hand clap of praise? As the musicians come, the ultimate proof of the resurrection of Jesus is a personal encounter with Him. It's hard to believe it's something you cannot see. It's hard to believe in something you cannot feel tangibly. It's hard to believe in something that you cannot hear, you cannot taste, your five senses don't work. But when you encounter the Spirit of Jesus, your heart will burn within you. You will know that there's something. You'll know that He is is really there, that it's not just made up story, that it's not just religiosity, it's not just something people have made up so that they can make money and they can create a club. But when you hear the Word of God and you believe the Word of God and you reach out for the risen Savior, He will allow you to encounter Him. I told this story recently. It wasn't in my notes to tell, but I feel it would be appropriate. I, I was working at the, for the United States Postal Service in Lee Summit. A man named Greg worked with me and I'd had numerous conversations with Greg. In fact, his wife also was a mail carrier. Both of them mail carriers there in Lee Summit. 
We were the last two mail carriers in the office this particular day. Got down to break time and I I went over to Greg where he was putting his mail and delivery sequence. I started talking to him about Jesus and Greg had previously told me that he went to church every week with his wife, Mitzi. So I said, when I brought up Jesus, he's like, man, I'm not even sure I believe in God. And I referenced that. I said, Greg, will you, you go to church every week? He said, yeah, I just go to make Mitzi happy. Greg, why don't you believe in God? Or why are you not sure that he really exists? And his response was this, because I've never felt him. Greg had heard the scriptures. Greg had heard sermon after sermon. But Greg had never had a personal encounter with Jesus. Greg had never experienced the presence of Jesus coming over him. Greg had never experienced his heart being warmed. And knowing his heart, in his heart, that what the message about Jesus was true. Maybe you've tried to encounter Jesus before and you didn't feel anything. Maybe you've been to a church before or maybe you've been to an altar like I'm going to invite you to come to. You've come to the front because the preacher or somebody asked you to and you just didn't really feel anything. Maybe you did feel something and maybe you encountered him but you weren't sure that you were ready to follow him and maybe you encountered him and weren't sure what all that that would entail and so you walked away I was thinking about as I closed this message I was thinking about the campaign that Kellogg's did with their cornflakes probably some 30 years ago. But their campaign was this, taste them again for the first time. And I would tell you that if you have not encountered Jesus, today is your day. If you've encountered Him before and you didn't make that decision to follow Him, taste Him again for the first time today. That today is a day that you can encounter Him and it can radically change your life. The disciples didn't recognize what they were feeling until after the fact. I would tell you, don't miss out on what God can do for you today. Would you stand to your feet and would you walk toward this altar as a sign of of faith and a sign of belief? And would you come and encounter Him and say, Jesus, I, I want to experience You. I want to encounter You. I want to know You and the power of Your resurrection. I want to experience Your power and Your Spirit today. Would you do that? Would you make your way to the front if that's your desire today? A declaration of faith or a declaration that, Lord, I want to encounter you. Jesus, we love you. God, we believe that you are the resurrected King. God, we put our lives in your hands and we come to serving you and following you. Jesus, we worship you today. We worship you today. We worship you today.